Life Audio. Hey, thanks for listening to the Happy Rant Podcast. I want to tell you about our partner, Visual Theology. If you go to visualtheology.church, you can check out the full slate of resources that they offer. Visual Theology is one of the best biblical and theological resourcing sites on the internet. There's digital resources, there's print resources, and as you can tell by the name, they are visually inclined. So the, the idea is beautiful, well-imagined design to help us understand the Bible and theological concepts better, taking difficult passages of scripture, big theological concepts, and putting them into a visual form, whether that's in a book or on a poster or on a t-shirt, that allows us to better grasp what those mean, along with some really clear written biblical teaching. So if you're a parent, if you're a teacher, if you're in ministry, especially youth ministry, college ministry, if you're a small group leader, or if you just want to understand the Bible and theology better, visit visualtheology.church and use the code HAPPYRANT at checkout for a 20% discount. You will be astounded at the quality of the design as well as the clarity of the teaching. It is an, an incredibly helpful collection of resources. So again, visualtheology.church and use the code HAPPYRANT at checkout for a 20% discount. I also want to let you know that we have a Patreon site. For those of you who aren't familiar, Patreon is a site that allows listeners like you to support content creators like us financially. We joke a lot about uh, being big business mavens and how much money we make on this podcast. The answer is uh, we actually don't make very much money on this podcast at all. So the financial support that many of you already give and that we would love more of you to give is really helpful for covering our production costs, for doing spinoff things like our sports show, for doing live events, all of which have a cost attached that would otherwise come out of our pockets. So if you go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash happy rent podcast, you can check out our site. What you'll find there is a chance to give any amount monthly, could be a dollar, could be a thousand dollars at different tiers. We will send you free signed books. And then here's the kicker. We do bonus podcast episodes exclusively for our Patreon supporters. We try to do them weekly. It probably comes out to be more like 35, 40 times a year. We've done over 50 of these since we opened our Patreon account. So you have all of that backlog. These are exclusive. We don't release these in the normal feed except occasionally exclusive for our Patreon supporters. So again, go to patreon.com slash happy rent podcast. And we would love it if you were able and willing to support us for any amount monthly. Lastly, I want to highlight our sports podcast. Ted and I do a sports podcast. It used to be part of this feed. And for some of you, it was a highlight. For others of you, you were like, skip that mess. Well, it is its own thing now. So you're welcome to those of you who don't like sports. For those of you who do, go to wherever you get podcasts and search Happy Ranch Sports. Please subscribe to it. Share it with friends. You'll be familiar with it. We're not analysts, we're not reporters, but we do some analysis. It's a lot of fan interaction. It's what we love about sports. It's how sports interact with life. We talk a lot of uh, a lot of nostalgic sports, what we used to love, how we played growing up, how we became fans, those kinds of things. We'd love it if you listened. It's a really good time. Just go search for Happy Rant Sports wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, uh, I got a little breaking news. Should we queue up the, the breaking news jingle? Break, dust oh, that thing off? Um, absolutely. All right, let's get into it here. Let me, let me dial it up in the studio. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, boys, I have some some shameless self-promoting to do. Since I'm not on social media, I don't get a chance to do that very often. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the most of my minutes, as they say, and, uh, and do a little bit of it here. Got a new book out, boys. Uh, it's a new graphic novel. It's the third in a series. Uh, it's called Flex 3, The Dog Lives. Um, it's about a boy and his pet, and the pet lives. So the reader never has to worry about it. Uh, the great Megan Barada. Uh, artist in residence at the Happy Rant uh, did the illustrations on this one, and uh, they are spectacular and timeless and lovely. And uh, super, super pumped. The book is Flex 3, The Dog Lives. Um, we are in partnership with, I think, a little bookstore that, that we've all worked with in the past. 
uh, Amazon. So if you go to to the internet and go to Amazon.com, you can purchase the book through there. They get a cut. I get a cut. Um, it's a really nice little little deal we've got with them. So, Baby, that's nice, man. I, I uh, It makes me think that someday I'd like to promote some of the nine or ten products I have coming out on the program that I've been on for six or seven years now, but never seems to now- happen. Baby, you're getting you're getting all those reps in on social media, though. You're you're self promoting all the live long day. I've got nothing. This is all I have. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Sure. sure. Why don't you tell us about one of your products, baby? And speaking of social media, I have a question for you, and then I want you to talk about a product. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's my question: Are you gonna purchase the blue check for eight dollars? Like, are you gonna are you gonna go ahead and pull the trigger on that thing? Because I know that's something you've wanted, but it involves paying a conservative, which I know that you you probably won't like to do. So, like, where are you at on this? Like, I mean, I you know, don't confuse vis the blue. Don't, con- don't confuse me with Jared C. I've never I've never really cared much. I don't really never really given a lot of thought to the blue check. But uh, Ooh, Jared really? C. Now that's that's a guy that's a guy that's going to finally get that blue check. Okay, he's you know? so he's he's paying the eight bucks. Huh? Maybe Jared C. Has been in perpetual angst for not you, having a blue check for years now. So it's do you think he will expend? Do you think he'll expense that to his employer and be like, "Look, this is for the good of the institution," <laughs> or will he will he just eat that cost out of pocket? I was just I mean, going to say Midwestern is going to pick yeah. up that that tab. Well, I just like it's like does it. The whole thing about like now, if you have a blue check, like everybody knows you purchased it, right? So like, mm-hmm. like what's like who cares now? You just yeah. it's just like the blue check thing. Just it just eliminated the the sort of the speciality of the blue check, right? Dude, it's so. brilliant. Uh, I I think it's it's just fun the way he's toying with everyone in that way. So uh, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. enjoy I enjoy the blue check kind of thing. Um, I, I kind of have a sneaking suspicion that. Musk is is absolutely just messing with everybody because I love it. Yeah, I kind of wonder just putting this stuff out there just to watch every sort of, you know, New York Times journalist type who's like, I earned (laughs) this by being who I am. Right. Uh, you know, d- losing their status symbol and every conspiracy theorist being like, I, I can pay eight bucks a month to to go do this. And I think he's just sort of one of those men who lives to watch the world burn. And it's amusing him greatly. All the angst. I'm, I'm here for it. I earned this blue check, <laughs> which means nothing by being a cloying, self-promoting idiot. So doggone it. I mean, careful, Pipe. I think I think our boy uh, I mean, Ted, I think our boy Pipe has a blue, blue check, doesn't he? Oh, wait, that's true. Pipe, do you have a blue check? I do have a blue check, and uh, you earned yours, baby. Oh, I got mine. Yeah, yeah. He's he's an earner. He's an yeah. Earner. <laughs> not by being a cloying, self-promoting idiot. Clearly. No, definitely not. No, definitely of course not. not. Of that course. doesn't apply um, to everyone. Yeah. No, I I got it along with a bunch of other people in my sphere because there was there was a period of time where the person who oversaw that that uh, section of Twitter was. Mm-hmm was in the Christian space and speaking at some like the Christian leadership conferences and stuff. And so we sort of had an really? inside route to, to, cause every, anybody can apply for it. And a lot of people just get ignored. I bet Jared applies like once a month. He just has it on his calendar. It's like, all right, third of the month, time to fill out my Twitter uh, verification application. And uh, yeah, so it, it was, it was, it was expedited by connections. I'm, this well, is fascinating. I mean, and, and you know, and poor and poor Jared C. I don't, I can't uh, I can't even think of a guy that should have a blue check that doesn't more than Jared C. I mean, to oh, honest, I know thoughts you know. and prayers to him and his family I mean, on this. Really, it's, it's been rough. It's, it's been so tough. hard. I mean, it's he's been and tough. and I know he, at he least really... I know at least a dozen people who have them who shouldn't, or rather, like there's there's no reason for it. They're just they're just a guy, and yeah. uh, but. But he doesn't have one, which is part of what makes it so delightful to me because because the disparity is so funny. I'm Pipe, just the guy, the Jared Wilson story. <laughs> I'm just oh that that's good. Pipe, let's take a break, uh, and then on the other side of it, we're going to give our boy a chance to promote something of his. We'll be back in two and two. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. 
I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, boys, we're back. Piper, I I think one thing that's strange in the Christian publishing space right now um, is that literally you and I are the only two people who haven't written an Advent book. Um, <laughs> so, Pipe, we need to do that. We need to get our own Advent book for next year. But um, for for this year, let's let Ronald tell us about his new Advent book, baby. Do an album. Self-promo. He's got a Christmas album, too. Oh man, yeah. Let's let's hear about There's all. There's a lot, boys. There's a lot of Christmas coming out. Yeah, Advent book is uh, coming out. Actually, it's out, but you can't start wow. reading it until the first of December, obviously. Okay. So right now is the is the time to get it. It's called the God Who's With Us, and yeah, it's just an Advent journal. It's illustrated, and uh, so it's it's a beautiful book, but it also gives you a lot of a lot of space in there to sort of grab it, grab a beautiful cup of hot cocoa, sink into it, write down some thoughts. Prepare yourself for uh, the new year. So, how does one get into the, the journal writing business? That sounds like a great book to write. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a book that has no words. That has lines. That has. Yeah. This, is, yeah. this is the Ronnie. This is the Ronnie Martin pathology is, in, in one sentence. Right? I'm so jealous. Write as little as possible idea. and get my name on a book. There, there Appreciate you letting me promote my products, guys. Once again, yeah. but um, yeah, thank you. You're welcome, um, Piper. Speaking of all things kind of Twitter and promotional. Um, you shared a fascinating tweet in the group chat um, by, by someone I'd never heard of, but that's okay. I've not heard of a lot of people. Um, so this guy said this, the church is scared to speak with clarity on the big three. Um, and I was immediately curious as to what the big three were. Faith, hope, um, and love. Yes, that's right. Um, or the three persons of the Trinity. Nope. Uh, He says this, generally, men are interested in making money, having sex, and being physical fit. I I assume he meant to say physically fit. These desires are often treated by Christians as if they are somehow bad in and of themselves, or in of themselves, was how he wrote it. One of the many reasons men leave the church. Um, So you sent this into the group chat pipe, and... I'm kind of maybe it's because I'm just really stupid. I'm sort of having trouble understanding what he's getting at, um, because I feel like the Bible says a lot about money. The Bible says a lot about sex, and if you're preaching through the Bible, you're going to hit those topics. Um, what about being? What know. about being physical fit? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I. Ronnie, is that your, is that your next series? Are you doing a series on being physical fit to reach the men in your church? <laughs> Dude, a workout uh, yeah. journal by Big That's R. Our, ad, our Advent series is called Physical Christmas. You know? <laughs> Physical Christmas, dude. So good. Dude, that's your new book with a that's little like is. little hipster like line art drawing on the front of like a strong guy. Oh, Baby, man. do you think B&H will be interested in that for Christmas I think B&H is going to be so ready to write you that $7,000 advance check <laughs> for Physical Christmas. Right, like it's, mm. it's the cover is Santa, but like in a like as a CrossFit dude, like he's in that flat brim <laughs> Jack cap Santa. with like his <laughs> yeah Jack Santa with his with his little baby gap black T shirt on, and maybe uh, that's the subtitle: Physical Christmas: How to Be Jacked Like Santa for Jesus. How to be jacked like Santa? I love it, dude. For well, Jesus, don't forget yeah, for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I'm not forgetting. And apparently, this would be the very thing that would keep men in church. Um, 100%. Per 100%. this tweet, um, yeah. What? Where are you guys at on this? I, I don't know. Like, I, I generally like to stay out of the business of speaking for entire groups of people. In this case, <laughs> it's half the population of the world. Um, I don't know that. Like, 
generally these are the only three things I'm interested in. And moreover, I'm not sure that like hearing about the things that I'm interested in or the reasons why I go to church. Um, pipe your I, thoughts and then we'll get Big R's thoughts. I mean, I, I would venture to say it. he is absolutely, absolutely just backwards on this. He says mm-hmm. the church is scared to speak on these things. I mean, if, if I was going to look at like, what are the three topical series that ch- churches do? Money and sex are like the first two the third one yeah. might not be physically, you know, I'm sorry, physical fit. Got to get this there right. There you go. Get it right. Um, but like there, there are whole discipleship workout programs like that, <laughs> that exists, like guys who get together to work out and then, and then it's like Christian fellowship with one another. And I'm not even dogging on that. I'm just saying it exists, which yeah. leads me to believe that this is one of those like, if he can, if he can create controversy, he can drum mm-hmm. something up. I don't. I mean, far be it from a you know a conservative-ish pastor to do such a thing, but it it seems like what he might be doing. And even the these desires are often treated by Christians as if they're somehow bad in and of themselves. I would venture to say that they're more like Christians treat these as if they're the be all and end all more than that they're bad. I'm not sure who he's talking yeah. to or what he's talking about. Yeah. Big R, your thoughts on the tweet, and then we'll pivot into like what men maybe do need from church. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with Pipe. I, I, I think it's, it, gosh, it's such an overreach, right? It's like I don't know who he's talking to. I also hate just the like what you said, T. Like, I hate sort of the, I hate sort of the let's characterize men as Neanderthals. Right. That's the only three things we care. I, I mm-hmm. hate that stereotype so much. Because yeah. those are not the only three things that I care about, you know. Ronnie read. So, Ronnie read this and and threw his cup of youthberry tea right across the cafe, <laughs> <laughs> right across the the like perfectly curated desktop. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I I am a Neanderthal, right? <laughs> like, I'm I'm basically the target demo for a tweet like this, and and yeah, it do, it doesn't resonate with me um, either, and um, you know, I I, I just think as as men who are Christians, who have the, I don't know, the, the, the luxury, the gift from the Lord of being in good churches, like this is not sort of the headspace that, you know, the, the men in my church are, are in, in the way, in the way that he's framing it. Right. Um, well, you yeah, know, there is a way to like, as a way to sort of like, as a way to say like, these things have to be covered. And the fact that they're not covered is the reason why men are leaving the church. I mean, it kind of, it just, it kind of, it, it like tilts back into that, like, you know, it tilts back into that sort of that seeker sensitive mentality, you know, which is like, we just, yeah. we need to do whatever it takes to make sure we keep men in the pews. And this is the kind of content, this is the kind of heavy hitting content, the culturally <laughs> sent, you know, yeah, aware yeah. content that's going to keep them in there. And like, I think the three of us would say, well, Actually, no. Um, the fact, if if, it, if it's true that men, let's just let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and say yes, these are the things that, generally speaking, most men are preoccupied with. I mean, couldn't you make a case that you know what should be happening on Sunday morning is something to get their minds off of those things because those are the things that have become idols in their lives, and and we need to right. preach a message that is going yeah. to detach them from those things, not keep yes. them into the pews to keep, you know, sort of like heightening those things in their life. I mean, I know yeah. that even of itself is kind of basic, but it's like, but if you just kind of take what he says at face value, it's like, it's, you'd want to do the, you want to do the opposite, right? Not, yeah, not, discount, wanna... not, not act like it doesn't exist, but speak into it in a way that says, Hey, these three things, if these are the things that are constantly stirring your soul, then like mm-hmm. we have some issues here that the gospel speaks into, right? So, no, that's, that's 1000% correct. And well said, like, show me Christ, like, show me the yeah. cross, like, teach me from the word, like, lead, lead me in that way. And yeah, this, this even would kind of suggest tacitly that like men, yeah, men, men don't want to submit. Um, men, men don't want to f- sort of uh, submit to the authority of christ or their church they want to they want help in being like the captains of their own ship and the masters of their own fate and that's just not what i need you know that's that's not what my heart needs at all um boys let's go ahead yeah 
Yeah. He, you know, he, he calls these the big three, which I'm on, mm. I can only assume is as defined by him because, yeah, you know, you guys, you guys make a very valid point when talking about, you know, let's emphasize the gospel. What strikes me about this is, is how little Jesus says about most of these things. Mm. You know, he's who sort of the quintessential man. He, he did talk about money mm. some, but not a lot. He said very little about mm. sex explicitly. And, um, I don't know that Jesus said anything about being physical or physically or otherwise uh, fit. And so Mm -hmm. I'm curious, and maybe we can get into this after the break, like why, what gives, what gives any precedence or right to make these the big three? Like what, where, I mean, other than, other than just seeker sensitivity. Yeah. And I mean, the big three will vary depending on, who you ask like um unless we make conservative pastors the the kind of evergreen punching bag on here like if if you find some big sweetheart progressive pastor the big three are going to be different but they'll they'll still be a man-made big three um so you're 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 still kind of missing the mark either way well yeah and Uh, even like culturally like is that the american big three i mean what about like is that is that the asian church big three is that (laughs) right is that the african-american church big three i mean it's like the thing is so he it's so narrow to the point where you just got to go oh my gosh like this this thing blossoms way further out than that yeah and I, i think it's you know it speaks to kind of the the headspace of the age we're in which is like I haven't said anything in a little while. I've got to say something. It's got to be dramatic. It's got to stir the pot. Um, which, yeah, I just... And not not to come at this guy at all. I don't know who he is or what his heart's like or whatever. Maybe he's just not amazing at writing tweets. But, um, yeah, yeah, I I don't know. I, I always end up in this place of thinking maybe we need just less takes. Um and, and this would seem to point to that. Let's take a break, boys. Um, and then we'll come back and talk about what we do think men in the church need, which is kind of a fascinating topic. We'll be right back. All right, fellas, we're back. Um, this tweet got us talking, got us thinking about men in the church. Um, and, it, and it kind of presupposes something that I want to get both of your takes on because you're both men of the cloth. And I want to know if you see it like, do you think there's this big problem of men leaving the church? Um, and I don't know, because again, I'm kind of cloistered in my own church where I'm not necessarily seeing this. Um, big R you go first. Like is, is men leaving the church, the kind of presenting issue that he makes it sound like. I mean, there might see, there might be some stats on, on on those types of things. I'm I'm not really I'm not a huge stats guy, but I, I you know I read little things where you, you know, you'll read those stats. You know, twenty you know twenty five percent more of you know men are leaving the church because of you know X Y and Z. So I don't know. There could be like a legitimate mm-hmm. stat out there on that. But mm-hmm. I think you know I think if to take a deeper dive into it, you know I think you know what's interesting. It kind of goes back a little bit to what we said a minute ago, which is gosh if if you could argue that like men are leaving the church maybe because they're in environments where they're sort of like their ears are being tickled by things that aren't like reaching their heart at a mm-hmm. level of depth that is mm-hmm. is actually going to just continue to like grow them in mm-hmm. you know in the truth of the gospel and in Jesus and so again you know to to center in on things that we think on a cultural level are are going to are going to be appealing to men I mean, ultimately, mm-hmm. that's that's not going to be enough to keep a, a dude in the church because what they really need to hear is the stuff that is going to, you know, is 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 the is the is the kind of preaching that's going to surface things in their heart for the Holy Spirit to like, you know, do that work in their heart. Yeah. And so it's it's strange to me because I think at the end of the day, like, I, man, men need what men need what women need in the sense that we we need to be part of a church that is really clear. On, on the gospel that really, you know, makes some efforts into creating a community 
that is mm-hmm. serving and loving one another. I think it's all the basic stuff. And yeah. I think whenever we try to tease out some of this, like, well, let's try to sexy it up a little bit, or let's make sure we're, we're not missing this because, oh no, we're, we're fearful of what the culture is telling us about what people actually need and what they actually want. It's just, it's kind of taking us off script of what, you know, we know from scripture to tell us what it is that people's hearts actually crave, desire, long for, and need. And those yeah. are just the basics, right? We just need good yeah. gospel preaching. We need we need people that are loving and serving us that we can love and serve in all the basic ways that we can walk through life with people through their pain and through their discouragement. I mean, just the basics of what church is supposed to be. That is actually what we need, I think. hundred uh, you know? percent, dude. Yeah, amen. I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. And, you know, I'm even thinking as we've been talking through, like, what would my big three be? You know, like pro football, college football, and cigar smoking. I mean, I, I don't know. And, and the thing of it is, I get bored with all of those things. Like, even the thing, the, the non-gospel, non-Christ things that we enjoy the most about the world, like, we get tired of them, you know? We, we always do. So, yeah, any kind of, like, I'm, I'm dangling this in front of men to get them to come to church, it's, it's going to get old. Pipe, do you, do you see men leaving the church kind of in the context that you're in? Uh, no, I mean, not the context that I'm in specifically. And a lot of that mm-hmm. has to do with the fact that it, when Emmanuel started 15 years ago, uh, Ray Ortland made a real effort to disciple men. Um, yeah. Not not at the expense of women, but just realizing that I, I think culturally there is, and at least stereotypically, there's a it is easier for men to not participate in church because a lot of churches do things that kind of contextually do not speak to the heart of men, but not content wise. Like what Ronnie was just saying, I a hundred percent agree with the, the content of what church needs to be does not differ from men to women. You know, the, yeah. the, the gospel yeah. is the gospel. Christ is Christ. Salvation is salvation. Sanctification is sanctification. The context maybe needs to vary and that was a thing that that Ray invested in, and so something that sort of built into what we try to do at our church, which is disciple men, but not in a like, uh, you know, stereotypically over, you know, masculine way where it's like this is the right. the red meat and chewing glass, bending rebar with your teeth, whatever <laughs> kind of thing, but just a focus on. Uh, Christian character, especially in the lives of young men who then become old men. So like our current yeah. elder board is a bunch of guys who seven, eight, ten years ago, a, a lot of them were discipled in that context. And now they've kind of grown into the maturity to lead the church. So, yeah, I mean, what I, I think I think there is a I think there's a drift away from church in a lot of traditional contexts by men. Yeah, because. Yeah. Because, like, they're really good at ladies' tees. What's the yeah. equivalent for men? Not something satisfying. Guys can get the equivalent to a social experience on a golf course or at a bar or on their couch yep. watching football with friends or hunting or, like, pick your favorite dude activity. And I'm speaking completely stereotypically on purpose. But, sure, you know, so you, you take, like, First Baptist small town. They might be losing men because the men are like... I. I don't get anything there, whereas women might be part of that because there's there's a social aspect to it. None of which, yeah. like, all that to say that that might that might be kind of a heartless church. Like, there might not be any actual spiritual life there, but rather, yeah. it, it is it is more of a country clubby kind of thing. Yeah, See, I, I think I think what what this guy gets completely wrong is is the content. Trying yeah. to lure guys to church by content. No, what guys need is context. Yeah. Where they go in and they go, this is a place where I can I can learn and grow as a Christian man. So I'm going to be validated as a man, which is a thing that in certain segments of society, guys feel threatened. I, that, that might be a little absurd, but I think it's true. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is it is good and honorable to be a man and also we have some expectations for you this is what growing and holy and then a context of genuine christian friendship which is not a thing you can find outside the church so what does it look like to be right to be honest in confession and honest in accountability and honest in building one another up 
all of that is the context that the church offers that can't be offered. Also, so like if you were going to put together a big three for men, it would be more like honesty, humility, and humor or something like that. Where you're like, the, we provide these things for that would for be men awesome. Yeah, under the banner of the gospel. Like yeah, that that part is is non negotiable. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah, I mean, what you said about, um, you know, the older men in your church discipling the younger men, and those younger men are now older men who are leaders. Like, that's the coolest thing there is. Like, that's that's why we do what we do, and it's absolutely the best. And I think if there's anything I could identify, and I'll, I want to hear you guys on this too, that that men need, and Pipe, you spoke to it, I think it's just genuine connection and Christian friendship. You know, I, I, I think, and some of this is probably tied to, I don't know, the economy and how much we have to work and sort of ego and pride and, and all, all sorts of different factors. But if there's any kind of critique to be made, I think it's that as men, we don't, as Christian men, we don't make the time to hang out. We don't, we've kind of forgotten how to do it. Um, and we probably need to get some of that back in the church is a great context to do it because we share the warm, rich bond of Christ with each other. So, um, what, what do you guys think about that? Like uh, about men and friendship in that way? Big R, you can um, speak to that. Well, yeah, I think it's a great point. I, I think, you know, and again, I think it's in line with what pipe just said. I think, I think the church can, I think the church can and should work hard to disciple men in ways that are that are uniquely going to to serve men, right? And like yeah. friendship is a friendship's a massive thing. It's really difficult yeah. for guys too. I mean that those are yeah. stats that are true. I mean we sure. we all you know we we have problem problems connecting in ways that maybe come a little more naturally, or or we're not able to connect. We're not able to connect in ways like women are because they require a little more effort. And scheduling around, you know, all you know, work and, and different things that we have to do. So it makes it maybe more challenging. So yeah. I think for the church in a contextual way, like Pipe said, to say, hey, we have men here that are starving for some type of friendships. And how can we disciple in that? How can how can we how can we create a culture of friendship for men that that also consists of of you know discipling them at the same time in the in those in those areas that are contextual for their life? And I I I think I think churches should be thinking of it in that way. I think that's good, and I think that's yeah. right. Yeah, but because because obviously it's difficult, and it's a huge issue for most churches. We think we think through that stuff. We talk about that stuff. There's no perfect yeah. scenario for it. But the whole point is that it's 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 a topic of conversation in our leadership that we discuss. But again, it never is touch. It's never focused around the things that uh, the dude pointed out in the tweet. You know, at all. Yeah. Pipe, I want to I want to ask you a specific question on this, and you know this is born of twenty five years in the church as an adult, and you know childhood before that. Do you think part of why men kind of don't know how to be friends and don't know how to hang out is that you know in in our church context, and I think in a lot of kind of suburban church contexts, there's just no margin. Like most, you know, most Sunday mornings you're going to church. Most Sunday nights there's like a members meeting or a a prayer time. And then Wednesday you're doing small groups. All that's good, right? All that is really good stuff. But then you add to that, like, I don't know, youth sports and the fact that you have a day job. And then the fact that you're trying to be a Christian slumlord in the evenings. And, you know, at the end of the day, you have no time. Like you have no time to just, you know, go and grab dinner with another dude or go and like do whatever it is that the two of you enjoy doing. Um, do you think maybe we're just trying to do too much? Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. I, I mean, certainly that that doesn't help, which is why, yeah. you know, friendship has to be scheduled. We, essen- we essentially need adult play dates, you know? Yeah. We're yeah. going to put it on the calendar. We're going to go get together for three hours on some evening. You know, that's yeah. basically like I tell people, they're like, hey, let's hang out. And I'm like, okay, but you, like I need you to send me dates and times because if it doesn't go on the calendar, it will never happen. That's that's a little depressing. Totally. But I mean, if, if I think back generationally, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think 
my parents' generation, so that's boomers, I think the greatest generation. Were were mm-hmm. those men good at having genuine friendships where they spoke like heart to heart with other guys? Yeah. I, it, it seems to me that the like when you so like you read in the Bible the story of David and Jonathan, sort of the quintessential yeah. friendship. Today people read it and go, they sound gay. Like yeah. that that sounds that sounds homoerotic. Right. There's no evidence of that. It's just that's 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 what a, a kind of friendship can look like when you actually entrust yourself to someone else and, and speak, you know, share your heart with them. Men right. suck at that by and large. And I think yeah. some of that's cultural. You know, we there, there's a there's a, a perceived effeminization. I think some of it's probably innate to like, you know, the the, the sin, the, the effects of sin on men, sort of the sin nature. And again, it, it's not true of every man. I'm not trying to be like, again, paint with a, an overly broad brush. Just yeah. the, the trend of men is not to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and to to respond badly when someone else is, you know, so yeah. not to sort of receive it and go, this is the thing. I, this is the thing I've been looking for. It's more like, why, why are you weird? You know, that kind yeah. of thing. So I. I think I think it has more to do with that. And time certainly doesn't help because in order to do that, you need to do it on purpose and probably do it with, you know, t- it takes some practice and some some reps yeah. to gain trust. And and so what I've noticed is one one of the things that we we try really hard to do at Emmanuel is is build a culture of honesty in in any church community context. So obviously, mm. if it's like a big social, that's not going to be a thing. But like in right. a small group where we create context of safety, where you can speak from the heart about whatever is going on in your life, whatever, you know, and, and then the response is, is, is gracious and prayerful, not let me judge you or fix you. That's sort of yeah. the basic premise. And the thing is, I've been in this for five years and it still doesn't come naturally. Like I have to push yeah. Yeah. to be honest about what's really going on in my life. And I don't, you know, I don't just mean we're constantly moping. I have to push to be truly rejoicing with people. So yeah. be, be really honest about, man, this was, this is a thing we're celebrating. There, there's yeah. just a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a social and spiritual inertia, I think particular to men that pulls us towards the neutral where we yeah. talk about safe external things like work and like our kids, but not not our heartaches yep. about our kids, not how right. proud we are of our kids, as much as like kids are into this, kids kind of a yeah. pain in the butt, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so we we just gravitate towards that that neutral middle. That's not friendship. That's just shared experience, and, and it can only go so far. No, hundred uh, percent. It, it strikes me that what you're saying hits at the heart of what true leadership is. Right, like true leadership would be being the guy in the group who's willing to like set the culture of being honest by being honest himself and being vulnerable himself such that everybody else in the group would go, Oh, if, if Cluck's doing it, I can do it. Um, or if Piper's doing it, then suddenly I feel comfortable talking about my marriage or talking about my kids in a vulnerable way or whatever. And I, I, I think you're so right that, we can waste years just talking about, you know, football and at a surface level about our kids and we're missing all the big stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, you think about sort of the, the, the stereotypical manhood stuff that we kind of laugh at. And we wrote about this yeah. in the happy rant book. There's a whole chapter in there on like, what is genuine manhood? What are we looking yeah. for in raising sons or in my case, raising daughters to maybe somebody right. marry somebody's son and right. it, so that you get that stereotypical stuff and there's there's this a, a strain of that that pushes guys towards like being risk takers and this and that and honestly yeah. i watch gen z and i'm like that's probably a good thing to push them into cuz there there's a there is yeah. there's sort of a a fragility there that a latent passivity there yeah, yeah. yeah need, need yeah. to be pushed into that but what we're talking about is maybe the greatest risk like risking doesn't yeah. mean start a business cuz right. if you lose all right. your money you lost all your money you can earn more Sure. But opening up about whatever is in your heart, whether that's confessing sin or being in love with somebody or th- th- those yeah. things, you're like, if I say this, I yeah. am now wide open to ridicule. Yep. That what? Yep. 
So if we want young men to be leaders and to be risk takers, I think that that's probably the most significant step they can take is being the first to take the risk of honesty in a vulnerable way. And I, and I don't mean vulnerable in sort of the cultural cachet way where it's, yeah. where it's kind of curated vulnerability. I'm talking about the kind of totally. stuff that's, that's genuinely like it eats at us until yeah. we say it. And somebody else said, says basically me too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's pray together. And that's sort of the, 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 yeah. the totality of the response. But yeah, I, I think if, if we as, as middle-aged men want 20 year old men to learn how to be leaders, we need to go first. Yeah, you know, we got to show them what it looks like. If we want to lead our families, it's the same thing. Like family leadership yeah. is not, you know, some some aggressive male headship nonsense. It's yeah, being the first to take that step. Because I mean, like, what is what else puts us in a context where where the so we were talking about the content of the gospel earlier. What else puts us in the context where the reality of the gospel starts to 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 do stuff? Yeah, but, but essentially yeah. opening ourselves up to it and going, this is a place where the gospel is not shaping my life because I'm afraid right. or because I'm not willing to talk to somebody about it. I'm not willing to entrust it to the Lord or I've just kept it to myself. So it's just been sort of me wrestling with it. Yeah, and that's where that's where stuff gets stirred up and things start to happen in a good way. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And like, it's really my heart is drawn to that like to that model, like even hearing you talk about it and hearing Ron talk about it, Ron has left. Um, Ron's uh, gotten on his, his Harbor network sailboat and sailed off to uh, a Harbor event. So he's gone. And it's not just listeners. It's not because this talk of vulnerability scared him away. I think he would be, he would be like a pig (laughs) in mud just rolling around in this. If he was still on just this, this would be his, it just, yeah. He would love it. He would have he, he would, would have seven Yoda tweets just coming out of this podcast. Yeah, the the Yoda t- tweets would be flying out of him on on this topic. But uh, but no, you're right. Like hearing you guys talk about it, it reminds me. Like yes, this is this is what I need. This is where I'm at. This is like why we why we're on the planet to some degree, right? And and why we're in our churches and why we're devoted to it. There's so much richness to be had there. And yeah, I mean, I, to to bring it all back around to the tweet, like I, I hope the author of the tweet has this, you know, I, I hope, you know, uh, I hope he finds that in his life and in his church um, because I would hope that for anybody. Um Pipe, do we have time to knock out a quick Patreon? Should we draw this one to a close and then do that? Yeah, I, have, I just have one more thought thinking about oh, the, 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 yeah. the tone of the author of this tweet. I, I, I don't think we've named yeah. him, and that's probably yeah. good because we're not trying to like drag this dude through the mud as much no. as just take the, the content of the tweet. What, what I see in that tweet is sort of the it – is, it is the version of pushing manhood that lends itself to the worst versions of manhood. They're that we're sure. strong in all the areas that we like, we don't really need to be that strong. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's helpful. Like it's helpful to be, yeah. to be good about money and, and have an, an appropriate view of sex and all those things. But like, yeah, it matters a lot more to, to be humble and, yeah. and open to the Lord and to, to people who can right. speak into your life, which is, which is where mo- when, when men go off the rails, sexually in abusive you know abusive power whatever it's it's a lack of humility and vulnerability that got them there mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. what we're talking about is i mean it at some level it is the key to uh dissolving so much of what has become toxic in in bad masculinity yeah. and so yeah you know saying that you hope he finds it i do too because what i fear is that that tone and that pursuit is actually leading men into being kind of rigid, aggressive, hollow, soulless versions that are going to be really bad for wives and really bad for churches. Yeah, no, well said. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you there. And yet, like you touched on this earlier, <laughs> I do think that in Gen Z or whatever we're calling kids who are basically in college now, there's such a wan kind of like limp noodle sort of approach to life that yeah and 
Yeah, you don't want to sort of train that person to be hyper aggressive, but you'd like to train them to like get off the couch from time to time, you know, and like care about something and and you know well, that's that that's the other yeah. side of this though, because if so so let's say guys like you and me who have the opportunity mm-hmm. to to speak into the lives of a 20 year old, we exemplify yeah. this sort of 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 honesty that that mm-hmm. opens ourselves up to risk and vulnerability, whatever. Mm. that then gives us a right because because if we set the bar they do the same thing we build a relationship we now have the right and and an obligation as christian men to then say hey you repeatedly share about this this thing that you're so dissatisfied in your life what are you doing about it you know like there's we are called to obedience we are called to character. You know, you, you read the qualifications for elder. It's all character based and it's character that takes work. Like none of that just, you know, just sort of roll into that. And, yeah. uh, and so th- there, it, it is, it is actually a better ground to push a 20 year old into holy, you know, pursuit of holiness than be this kind of man, because all that does is set a bar that they're either going to feel like they crushed it at, in which case they're an arrogant jackass, or yeah. they feel like a failure at, in which case they fold in and become even more sort of introspective and, and self-flagellating. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, that's so right. And yeah, I'm just reminded as you talk of how grateful I am for a couple of specific older men who like showed me what this looks like. You know, what, it, what does it look like to be, you know, a man in all the ways, you know, all the tangible ways that matter. Like I'm working, I'm taking care of my family. I'm trying to be a good provider. Like I'm, I'm making moves, you know, but also my heart is soft and tender and repentant and I'm gentle and I'm quick to forgive and quick to apologize. And I'm really glad I saw what that looked like out of some older men when I was a little bit younger. And yeah, like the, the, the thought of doing that for younger people is really appealing to me. Like I would, I would aspire to be that kind of older man, you know? Yeah. I I think about the Mark, who's the pastor of your parents church. Now Mm -hmm. I was, I was too arrogant and dumb to pay attention to the example he was setting, but in retrospect, and as I, as I kind of approached the stage in life that he was in when I met him, um, yeah, you know, he was a parent of teenagers. He was making from a full-time career into full-time ministry. And I look at him and I, he was, he was gentle. He was patient. Mm -hmm. He was, Mm -hmm. he was long suffering mostly with Mm me. Um, Mm -hmm. he, 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 he checked all the boxes of the kind of Christian man who is utterly respectable. Yeah. And, and none of the stereotypical ways, but he managed a business. He managed his finances. He took risks in moving from a successful, you know, veterinarian practice into the pastorate at the Lord's leading. Yeah. I look at all this stuff and I'm, and I, and, and now I'm like that, that, that is a model of, of, yeah. of the kind of, and, and, and it had to do with this kind of humility and gentleness and openness before the Lord which yeah. is not at odds with strength. He did incredibly strong things to to take the steps he did. Yeah. And was never aggressive. And there's just sort yeah. of this like, yeah, I I I want to be that kind of man, that kind of character, that sort of humility before the Lord and and before his family and Yeah. And uh, and I can think of yeah, like you said, a handful of other examples where all the guys who I look up to most are not stereotypical strong men. They are there, yeah. There, there's a um, almost a serenity and a steel in their spine mm-hmm. simultaneously. Yeah, man, that's a that's a good word, and that's a good way to say it. And yeah, those those are the people that we're drawn to. You know, those are the people that I'm that I'm drawn to, and I think I think I get my like chest thumping swagger, like aggressiveness box boxes checked just from my proximity to football all these years and coaching and, you know, I get to be around a lot of those types of dudes. So that's not what I'm looking for when I go to church, you know? Uh, And the the best thing about football is, is it allows an outlet for that. That is super low stakes, you know, where you can, you can be like, like you said, the sort of like frothing at the mouse, chest thumping, whatever. And then like Mm -hmm. take a deep breath and go and got that out of my system. (laughs) 
know, right. <laughs> that sort of crazy outlet. And, you know, I don't play yeah. football, but there's still sort of a like, there are places for that, whether it's sports fandom or whatever, where it's like, I can sort of yeah. beat the, the rabid side of me can get worked out safely. Yes, that's right. And, and so, yeah, you go home from it and you go, that was fun, but that's far from the totality of who I am. Right. That's a, that's actually like a tiny percentage of who I actually am. Um, and that's, that's good. That, that strikes me as seeking to put something in its proper place. And yeah, if we take money and we disorder it and we make it, you know, a huge percentage of who we are or even sex, right. Which the culture would seek to say in some ways, define your whole persona by sex. Right. And we, we see it happening all over the landscape. It's just disordered, you know, and I need the church to remind me how to rightly order things. And when it's doing that, I really appreciate it. Well, Pipe, this has been fun, man. Um, yeah, I always enjoy these apps that start funny and then end serious. I feel like that's a, that's always a good time. And we got a chance to, to promote and boy, I, I feel like I stepped on Ronald's toes there in not giving him more chances to promote on the show. Like, I guess it never occurred to me that he hadn't done that. So, um, Piper, we're going to have to give you a moment in, in next week's app to promote, um, some of what you have to promote. That way we're being egalitarian about this thing. <laughs> the, the only kind of egalitarian we can safely be with our audience, I think. <laughs> Dude, I, I teed that one right up for you. You know, I was, I was hoping you would do with that exactly what you did with it. And uh, Piper, we have done what we always do on this program and that we've wandered to and fro throughout some topics. And until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take. But I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.